Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our sort of quizzical, academic, handsome-looking co-host, Kyle. He is rocking the beard. He's got the sweater with the button down on top of it. He kind of looks like that sort of sexy, doesn't totally care, but has got it all going on in an effortlessly charming Timothy Chalamet kind of way in a British college film. That's what he's got going on today. He and I, as we do every week, are going to discuss a topic. We are going to debate it vigorously. And by the end of this episode, we'll have a definitive top 10 of that thing. I do know what this week's topic is. Kyle, it's very timely. Tell the people, what is this week's topic? Thank you, Michael, for that fantastic introduction. I'm flattered to be compared to young Chalamet. You're looking good, too, in your Patriot or Patriot Pat hoodie there. I really like that hoodie. Thank you. Bouncing back. I'm still, I haven't listened to a sports podcast or radio show in wow. weeks and will not do so until the fate of uh, Thomas Brady is settled, but I'm still repping the colors. That seems appropriate. Yep. You may, you, you have actually missed some big Boston sports news, but I'll, I'll let you figure that out on your um, own. We've still got everybody, <laughs> right? Everyone, any, anyone that is a Hall of Famer, you still have. Oh, wait. Oh. Actually, no, that's not true. Sorry. Okay. So okay, but we but if we gave anybody away, we got stuff in return, right? Let's get to the pod. We Let's at least got rid of all of David Price's salary, right? We should we should talk about the podcast. Okay, all right. So yeah. what are we talking about this week? Yeah. So we are doing the third installment of maybe my favorite podcast of the year, Mike. It's time for the 2019 Topskers. So it's time for that. I was aware it was time for that. And, you know, I have, as I as I seem to do consistently, fallen down in my preparation because as I sat here, uh, actually in a different seat because I was in a different house at the time, but as I sat in my, my co-host's chair one year ago, I solemnly swore to myself I would keep a clear record of what films I saw that year and I would consider even ranking them. I did not, and I did not, so here I sit with a bunch of internet uh, tabs open. Mike, let me give you some advice that you gave me once. Remember when you told me to use Goodreads to keep track of the books I read in a year? Oh, is there such a, is there something like this? Just use IMDb. It won't, you can, you can make so many lists. I have like a hundred lists on IMDb. You, this is how I make most of my list for this show as I go through my IMDb list to jog my memory for movies. I have been the IMDb like super user since well before it was even cool. And I never thought of that. What a dunce. I have so many lists on here. I have a 2019 list. I have uh, an Oscar nominated list. I have a, a master list of every movie I've ever seen. It's very useful for things like this. What a um, dunce I am. And I'm glad that you did it. So you do that. In the meantime, we'll use my list to uh, to recap 2019. So th for those of you who were not with us the last two times we have done this, the Topskers are a special time of year in which we recognize all of the great movies that we saw this year that were nominated for zero Oscars. So you will not be talking about these movies during award season. There is no mention of these movies last night at the Oscars. 
Um, but we do not want them to slip away. And in the, in the habit of what we've done in the past, I'll usually, uh, I, I'm giving away a, uh, an award for each of these movies, one of the actual Oscar categories. Yes. And it's as usual, as I'm looking through these nominations, there are, there are just enough of these things that backdoored their way into kind of weird nominations yeah. that it's going to preclude us from doing a couple that kind of deserve to get more recognition than than they have this year i made an honorable mention list of movies that technically were oscar nominated yes. but aren't getting any buzz that we should talk about so yep. don't worry we'll talk about those movies excellent all right let's roll into it yeah let's do it's... it i think people know what the deal is and and i hope i i would not actually be surprised if people are looking forward to this i hope they are i hope so because i think this gives us a good chance to take stock of what we need to go back for and what we don't need to necessarily yeah um the good news is, unlike last year, you've seen most of these movies. So yes, last year was uh, tough and weird. How many I had not seen? Last year, I got into a real indie kick, and I saw a lot of stuff that wasn't popularly viewed. So yeah, this year I evened out a little bit. So we'll get started. Number ten, the the back half of this list is a little thin. Number ten is Captain Marvel, the Marvel movie everyone forgot about. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about Captain Marvel: it was good. It was, it was good. A, it was a good. No, it was like a good movie. Yeah, it's fine. I think it was more than fine personally, but it was, but it was at least fine and doesn't deserve to be relegated to the scrap heap of, uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I believe it deserves a spot on this list for a couple of reasons. One is that, like we just said, it's good. Like they did, they didn't mail it in, and it's it's important, even though they were behind by like a year, that we finally had a female director and a female lead in one of these movies. Uh, They got beat out by Wonder Woman by like two years, Um, but it's important nonetheless. And, and like you said, it was an enjoyable movie. Like it was, you know, fun set in the nineties, got a lot of Samuel L. Brie Larson's great. And I'm never going to say no to Jude Law. So no, even with those weird uh, contacts in, especially with those weird contacts. in, Yeah. So, um, not in the grand scheme of Marvel movies, not the most memorable one, maybe, but uh, an important one. And I think it's even better having seen Endgame because Captain Marvel wasn't used in the way that we thought she might be in that movie. Yep. So, I had a tough time assigning uh, an award for this movie. I ended up going with Best Costume Design because they actually did a nice job with her her costume. I was going to say, I they... <laughs> If you want to hear more about this, go back to our Hottest Avengers pod. I think they could have put Brie Larson into any costume, and I would have been very happy with it. Yeah, um, I just think it's it's cool because I liked the uh, the Air Force pilot angle of this whole thing, and they did a good job with that and tying that into her costume and everything. So, best costume design, I guess, for that one. A lot of the good ones are <laughs> being given away higher up on this list. Yeah, but I think that that's a good. I think that that's a good award. So that's number 10. I would say go back to that one if you're a Marvel fan and you missed it because you kind of need it to fill in your collection. Yes, it will be conf- <laughs> it will be confusing if you did not. Yeah, if you saw Endgame and didn't see this, you were probably confused. It was weirdly important for a film that was kind of shoehorned in there at the end. Right. Yeah. And it'll probably be more important going forward. So Yes. All right, number nine. Number nine. I, I love this movie. <laughs> the reason it's so low is because I don't know how many people saw it the film is good boys 
Did you uh, see this so one? Here's the thing. I would never have put this on my list and never would have thought it should be on this list until our dear friend Quinn or t- Quinn, Jesus. Our dear friend Jameson and our other dear friend Stephanie got Caroline and me to watch it uh a week and a half ago. Fantastic. Yeah, hilarious. Way better, way funnier than I thought, way less dirty than I thought, which I thought was impressive. And uh, had much better heart than I expected. And I definitely did not anticipate that the movie would have a crazy musical showing kids snorting fake cocaine. <laughs> it was just so good. Or kids like wearing anal beads as a necklace. <laughs> just did not see any of that or coming. Kids getting like caught in a sex swing and like not knowing yeah. how to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kid sister was like, you know, that's for doing sex, right? That's <laughs> for doing sex. <laughs> yeah uh this movie is for the most part i would say just kids misunderstanding sex things like yeah uh the movie opens with one of them saying like, that the blowjob is when you cum and yes they did say that <laughs> and like, i don't think it's cum and it's it's mostly that but like you said there's there's a, su- a surprising amount of heart in it and i was yeah pleasantly touched by the ending um and how it kind of shakes out i thought that the end so i i think i would have been i'm not saying i was rooting for the kids to totally break up but i thought it was a cool idea but i will say i thought that the movie did a very sensitive and realistic job of portraying how your friendships change over time because i i think while i am a person who tends to form relationships for life it's not realistic to think that every person who you're friends with at every stage of your life is going to be as important to you at the next stage of life. And I thought the movie did a better job than most in acknowledging that. Yeah, I totally agree. About halfway through, someone says, like, you guys aren't best friends. You're just friends because you live near each other and yeah. your parents are friends. And they're like, that's bullshit. And then they kind of realize, like, oh, wait, no, that's <laughs> that's true. And yeah. everyone probably has one or two friends like that. So Yeah, totally. Um, but really just excellent. What, what award did this one get? I gave Best Supporting Actor Keith L. Williams as Is Lucas. he the black kid? Yes. I, he was incredible, and I hope he's in my life for a long time. Now, to be fair, some of that was incredible writing by whoever wrote this film and incredible work by the costume designer in his giving him those adorable t-shirts, but this kid has such a sense of comedic timing, and... While they definitely trade on the fact that he's like kind of a dorky, a little bit tubby, you know, kid, I I got the sense that he had more sort of comedic instincts. Um, like he was funny. I thought this kid was funny. He was definitely a head a head and shoulders above the other two kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. They gave him more to do, but. He ran with it yeah. uh, a very long way, Derrick Henry style. So I'd really hope to see more of him in the future. Yeah, and I'm assuming that he has gotten many a free juice box at school <laughs> because of his work in this film. Unquestionably. Yeah. Unquestionably. So that was the... Go back for that one if you're looking for something... Not raunchy, but something a little... Something silly. It, it, this is definitely a good one to rent uh, if you're looking for something to laugh at for like 80 minutes. Yeah, and it's also one of those ones, it reminds me a little bit of um, Big Mouth, where it's like, it's incredibly dirty, but it actually has some good lessons to teach to kids. And it's one of those ones that if your kid 
is begging you to see it, it, like if you have children, if you're listening to this podcast, I wouldn't like volunteer it to your kid, but if they're begging, it would be a good one to watch with them. With them. Be in the room. Okay. So that's number nine. Good boys. Number eight. I'm shocked at how much I like this movie. Number eight was a film called Terminator Dark Fate. Unfortunately, did not see that one, which is a bummer. Just with the title, you'd assume that sounds like ass. It uh, does sound like ass, and it sort of sounds like the same people who made uh, Transformers Dark of Moon. Terminator Genesis with a Y. Oh, jeez. It sounds like the same people may have made this, but your reviews were, were glowing. Glowing. It's important to know that they just decided that Terminator 3 and any of the other Terminator movies besides 1 and 2 just didn't happen. Which was a very strong decision. Yes. So return Laura Hamilton, return Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, insert or enter a couple of new pretty compelling characters. Mm -hmm. The best thing I can say about this movie is that they just understand what made the first two movies so great. There's a lot of Arnold in this movie as a Terminator. Like that's that's the that's the heart and soul of these movies, ironically. You know, the thing about him. What's that? He's really good. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. And yeah. what's great about this, it's it's not too spoilery to tell you that they need the help of a Terminator, obviously. So this is not the Terminator from the first two movies. It's a, it's another one that was redundantly sent. Um, and then he kind of winds up in a scenario where he has nothing to do. And so there's no programming or way to get him back to the future. So he's just existing in our world. And over the course of like 30 years becomes fairly human and owns a drapes company called carl's drapes <laughs> which i really is, like that there's a really really amazing scene where they're waiting for like an ambush or something and they're in his drapes van and he's like you have to understand it's not just about the design it's about the thickness and the weight and the way it lets light in or doesn't <laughs> like, like a robot explaining how to pick drapes it's incredible um, so they they really got that part right but the just the most important thing is it, it's just a really tight, exciting movie. And a lot of times these movies fall into traps where the CGI is done and it doesn't seem to have a point, mm-hmm. but they do some really creative things with the the new Terminator models and the new characters in the series really do a lot. And it's really just a very compelling story. I highly recommend it for fans of the Terminator series or fans of action movies. It's just, it's just, this is a good movie. <clears throat> I love so. it. I gave this one best cinematography because the the action sequences are very, very well choreographed. And so uh, it very... did not win best supporting actor. It did not win best supporting actor. That seems like a mistake, but that's fine. Well, we just gave it to what's his face from Good Boys. I know, but I feel like Arnold should win best supporting actor for basically everything he's in. <laughs> Yeah, if we could give away, if we could give, if we did this Golden Globe style, I would have given Best Ensemble to Good Boys and then Best Supporting to Arnold in this yeah. one. Yeah, I he just he brings a level of joy to everything that he's in, and I, I'm a big Dwayne the Rock Johnson fan, but he he just I, same with Dave Bautista. Like I love all of the big guy does stuff that you don't expect kind of mold. Nobody has ever done it as well as Arnold, and I don't expect anybody ever will again. He's the king. If they yeah. continue to make these movies, they'll need him. So, yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if they're going to make another one after this. I think it got some mixed mixed reception. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Didn't make a lot of dough. 
No, and what's his face? He kind of dissociated himself from it. He didn't like the way it was it was written. The director, I can't remember. It was, my, it was Tim Miller, I think. He did like the Deadpool movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's number eight. Did you see any bad films this year, Kyle? Boy, did I. <laughs> I am a proud owner of a Regal Unlimited Pass to yeah. replace my old movie pass. And uh, I used it a lot. So I saw some bad movies. The third worst movie I saw this wait, year. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Now, uh, in order to transition from greatness to badness, I think we need something to break up the monotony. Kevin, before I run all over this segment, please introduce the not top three. Oh, stankalicious. I, that presages some, some nice stanky movies with those stanky beats, so... These are three stinkers, Mike. I, these are terrible. I just saw a movie recently that was, I think I declared was one of the worst I've ever seen. And now wow. I'm forgetting what it is. So I, maybe maybe it's on the list. Continue. I hope I, I saw it. I hope you did too. It might have been The Rock though. Oh, that's a terrible movie. I don't know. It was not released in 2019, unfortunately. Alas, no. The third worst movie I saw this year was a film called The Dead Don't Die. Oh, yeah. This was. We have managed to talk about Jim Jarmusch more than we ever expected on this podcast. Jesus Christ. I was so excited about this yeah. movie. Let me set it up for you. Yeah, please. Because I think this sales pitch, you and I often make fun of what the sales pitch was. This one had a really strong sales pitch. I understand if I were a film producer, somebody pitched this to me, I'd have said, oh, hell yeah, make it. It's a zombie movie starring yep. Bill Murray, Adam Driver, and Tilda Swinton with like a ridiculous amount of cameos. Yep, and directed by like, auteur who is venturing into genre sign me up yep sign me up i love yep. adam driver more than anything yep. bill murray is already you're, a proven commodity yeah he is exactly bill murray's already a proven commodity not just in general but in zombie movies yes. like there's no way this movie could fail yeah because Except. either it goes straight down the fairway and it's great like his appearance in zombie land or it goes meta and it's also hilarious commenting on his appearance in zombie land they don't do either. Yeah. This movie sucked. It was meta, but in all the worst ways. It was extremely preachy, despite being a zombie movie. So that's not what you were there for. No, it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense. It doesn't really leave me with any lasting thoughts other than I can't believe I could have watched so many movies on this airplane and I picked this dumb. You could have watched Zombieland again. I could have watched Zombieland again. Or Zombieland 2. Yeah, exactly. This one gets worst original screenplay. Fuck mm. you, Jim Jarmusch. I imagine, just given the limited kind of knowledge I have of his filmography, I imagine in addition to being bad, it was smarmy and thought it was good. Oh my god, yeah. Like, yeah. there's this line where yeah. late in the movie, Adam Driver and Bill Murray are sitting in a car that's being uh, swarmed by zombies. Mm -hmm. And Adam Driver throughout the whole movie keeps saying, I have a bad feeling about this. I don't think this is going to end well. And then Bill Murray finally says, why do you keep saying that? Why do you keep saying you don't think this is going to end well? And Adam Driver says, I read the script. And uh, Bill says, why? Bill says, Jim gave you the script? He goes, yeah, of course. You didn't get the script? And Bill says, no, that fucking asshole. I didn't get the script. Oh, uh, boy. So he actually, you know, the worst part of that is 
he actually either wrote in his you know on a, with a pen or typed his own name in that in that reference yeah because you know that wasn't something that like driver and murray made up like that was in the script Ugh. not funny not cool not, not good funny movie. yeah <laughs> thank you uh mick <laughs> thank you mick all right the second worst movie i saw this year but not i had a lot of fun watching it i will say a film called six underground <laughs> yeah um, this is the netflix one right netflix starring ryan reynolds directed Was timothy by... oliphant in this no i wish ah, too bad. uh starring yeah ryan reynolds briefly dave franco directed by michael bay Where's Dave Franco been? That, I, that's kind of a bummer. I, if you if you roll the clock back five years, I'm predicting Dave Franco is going to be around. But I don't know. He's in this movie for six minutes. Yeah. Did he die? Oh yeah, right away. Oh good. Oh well, I mean, I to be fair, he has a very punchable, dieable face generally. Yeah, he gets him. He's a he's the driver, and he gets impaled on like an I beam or something. Ooh. Yeah. Them, you have to be going. In my experience, you have to be going fast for that to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were they were hoofing it. Yeah. Um, Allegis and I watched this movie because we were in Florence while they were filming it there. Mm hmm. And we were treated. That's cool. To a, yeah. 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 We were treated to a very, very cool uh, 15 minutes or so of a uh, movie shot in Florence. A lot of it, which we recognized. So that was cool. Unfortunately, that happened in the first like 15 minutes. And then we had to sit through the rest of this movie, which didn't make any sense. It was just like. It's one of those movies where they're like, we have all this fucking money. Michael Bay, like, do something wild. You can go anywhere you want. He chose all these wild locations around the world, and it's just like a couple of big stunts. It's like a movie built around a couple of stunts. Mm. None of which are that cool. I'm giving this one uh, worst visual effects because it's like it's like he was like, you know what I'm going to do this time is a little bit of Tarantino stuff. Oh, and boy. it's like... It's like too violent in places where it really shouldn't be that feels a lot like your critique of uh the el royale just be yourself if yourself has some influence from a tarantino that's fine tarantino is a very good filmmaker yeah you better fucking do it right if you're gonna yeah. do that and you know he's really good and he leans the fuck into it you can't yeah. like do a little bit of that and mm -hmm. so there was a little bit of that the writing was just Bad. like it wasn't funny when it was trying to be funny like the one-liners didn't catch like ryan reynolds was trying his fucking hardest and it just yeah. didn't matter um i'm sure he got paid a lot of money i will not be watching that one again i don't recommend going back for it yeah i'm probably gonna skip that one i i don't even like michael bay ironically usually except for the rock i did enjoy the rock yeah well sure but generally speaking he's not somebody i enjoy even ironically i, I think yeah. he's bad like this isn't one that in 20 years some like some assholes like us are going to watch ironically. It's yeah. Like just, yep. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's devoid of enjoyment. The, the worst movie I saw this year was called Gemini man. You knew this wasn't going to be good. So we can't, Oh yeah. we're not going to pin this one on like Kyle's an idiot. You knew it was bad. I knew it was gonna be bad and chose not to see it likely because of our financial incentives, because I don't have the past like you do. For me, um, seeing yeah. a movie like this actually, <laughs> increases the return on my investment so i yes like i mean in, i'm incentivized to see movies like this yeah that is true i was also unemployed <laughs> at the time so i literally had nothing better to do so yeah. like I, I was gonna see this i did i had a nice time riding my bike to the theater and back and eating some candy i didn't really enjoy the movie very much the premise is that will smith is a retired secret operative uh and 
but he knows too much. Ah, uh, but he's so good they can't send just anybody to take him out. So who do they? Who send? do they? Who do? Uh, Kyle, who do they send? It's a clone of Will Smith. The only um, one good enough to take him out is himself. Wait, what? It's a clone of himself. So it's like I Am Legend mm. Will Smith versus Fresh Prince Will Smith. Yep. Which actually, it sounds bad, but I could see a world where that would be good. And like the older Will Smith has to get by on like knowing what his weaknesses were as yep. a 20 year old. No, uh, there's this is a good concept. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it could have worked. Like if the old guy has to like rely on his like his guile and his intelligence. None of that. There's like one or two attempts to do something like that. It tries to get heavy. It doesn't work. Clive Owen is in it, but I don't use him well. That's always a bummer because you know me. I am an unapologetic Clive Owen lover. I love Clive Owen. The problem is that this is an action movie and like about halfway through the movie that there's there's no more action. That's tough. That's tough. It's not good. And the other thing is Ang Lee, Ang Lee directed this. What the hell happened to Ang Lee? He got really obsessed with toys. And I guess yeah. that this movie was filmed on this like super rare, like weird format that apparently is like hyper, hyper realistic. And there's like almost like the frames per second are insane. But there's only like 10 theaters in the States that can show movies this way. Oh boy. And guess what? I didn't see it on one of those. Uh, so it looked like a pretty normal movie to me. And there is almost nothing worse than watching something with a messed up frame rate. Like that's really can it really takes you out of the illusion. And it really messes it up. It didn't look bad. It just wasn't anything special. So yeah. um Yeah, I don't know. I would not go back and watch this under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. There's a scene early in the movie where some guy is like, Won't you come out of retirement, man? we need you and they're in his house and he's like no man you want a drink he's like no man i quit he's like okay have one of these and he holds out a coke like label out in front of the camera oh boy really bad stuff you know how to use one of these really good don't watch gemini man okay i'm gonna pass on that one now back to the good stuff okay more good more good films number seven and this is i think low if you ask society mm-hmm I had Booksmart at number seven. Uh, you know, so it's funny. I'm I'm currently looking through the films of um, of 2019, and there are a few that I I really regret not seeing, and am having a hard time remembering why I didn't see them. I don't want to spoil by saying any of the other ones, but this is uh, one of my like top three or four that I'm like, man, I really wanted to see that. I don't know why I didn't see that. Uh, I heard it was so good. Damn, I missed that one. It's good. Uh, Allegis and I had listened to a podcast with Beanie Feldstein. Yeah. And it worked because that's was very on, same. Uh, was it Armchair Expert? Yeah. Incredibly likable. Caroline and I saw her in New York City. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. All in on that's Beanie. Fun. Yeah. No, we, we really liked the podcast. The podcast worked because we then watched Book Smart that very night. We were on vacation. Maybe it was because we were watching it on my phone, like in bed or something. Like it was not a great viewing experience. Yeah we both liked it it was good it was um i think it's probably not right to say that it's the female version of super bad i have heard it described that way it's not better than super bad super bad's legendary but it's like it's a little smarter i think than super bad and did you see ladybird yes was it was it kind of 
in that zone or no it's more it's more super bad than lady Bird okay for sure but you're that's a good way to get well because she's also in that too yeah but um that's a, it's like a it's like somewhere in between those but definitely closer to super bad it's not yeah. as it's not raucously funny like super bad is it's yep. funny yeah um and i think my perspective would probably change on this movie a little bit if i were a female likely i mean i don't know i thought it was really good i liked that i've always liked olivia wilde's work i'm super yeah. in on beanie feldstein now yeah. so i'm super in on her i'm also super in on olivia wilde i think she's an excellent and underrated actress and i think she seems like the kind of person who who might really like build a good career writing and directing i'm very hopeful that she sticks around i hope so too i I think it's kind of a shame that right now a lot of people just remember her from Cowboys vs. Aliens. Most um, people. I've actually heard several people say <laughs> such things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gave Beanie Feldstein best uh, supporting because she's really good in this movie. And yeah. she really sold me as like this high school girl who's um, basically the premise of the movie is like she's dedicated her whole high school career into getting into like an Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. and like has sacrificed her social life and then she realizes at the end of graduation that like a lot of the people she considered to be idiots are also going to really good schools and she's like why the fuck did i sacrifice my entire college my high school career for this and then her and her friend are like fuck it we're gonna blow out this last like week of high yeah. school because it doesn't matter a genuinely important observation it's good advice yeah and that's a movie that I would say most everybody should go back and see. Yeah, I will be seeing that. That's one that Caroline and I wanted to see, and I'm bummed we didn't. See it with Caroline. That's one to go back for it, because we really we liked it a lot. So these next two are Homer picks. I, I, I'll, we'll get that out of the way right here. Number six is Spider-Man, Far From Home. Uh, you know what? So not a, a Homer pick. I mean, maybe it's a Homer pick, but you and I live in the same home, because... <laughs> That was the first film that I wrote down when we started this, because I was almost certain that it hadn't been nominated for any Oscars. Excellent, excellent, excellent film. You and I talked We saw this lot. together. Yeah. Did we? Oh, Over shit, we did. July. That, wow. I love it when a plan comes together. You and I talk a lot about movies that are good and movies that are fun or enjoyable, whatever. The, there's sort of this third thing. It's It's really related to both, but it's... I, I sometimes feel like when I leave a movie, that's why movies exist. And different types of movies can make me feel that. Either movies that are unapologetically fun or movies that are really fancy and tell me an interesting story. So any any kind of highbrow, lowbrow can fit into that category. But I kind of know it when I feel it. And this was a uh, i'm gonna give two examples of movies that are are somewhere different on the fanciness spectrum like moonlight when i've watched moonlight i was like holy shit that's why movies exist to tell me a story that compelling and that important i felt the same watching once upon a time in hollywood i was like holy shit movies should dream of being that fun and that interesting and i felt the same uh, to different different degrees of quality but i felt the same watching far from home i was like man that's that's why this movie exists. Marvel exists to give me a, mo- a a story this joyful and this well done. It was a, an improvement on its predecessor in almost every way, which is saying something because yep. I love the first one so much. Totally. The the best thing about it, in my opinion, is the villain. I yeah. 
We have we are a pro Mysterioso podcast. And always have knows been, this. always will be. Always been big stands for Mysterioso. And guess what? They fucking nailed it. Gyllenhaal is perfect. And I gave this one best visual effects because there's a sequence about halfway through the film that is the perfect encapsulation of like why Mysterio is such a great villain. He basically just head fucks Peter with this like incredible drug induced like basically hallucination it's amazing that was the highlight of the movie for me but it's it's so much fun like and they do a good job with the far from home thing like there's some cool scenes in venice and then the finale is on the london bridge like it's just and it's like we've said about other spider-man movies in this universe is like the stakes were just right like it's just it's just peter trying to enjoy himself as a high school high school movie it's just it's a high school movie in the same way that the first one was i think it's really important that everything about a movie like this works because it's not trying to go for something incredible. It's just trying to be really good and everything is really good. Like the villain is excellent. The writing is excellent. The setting is really good. Zendaya is stellar in this film. Like the movie just captures, it, it does such a nice job of capturing young love, but without making it too dramatic. Like it just, it, it just like you said, the stakes of every subplot are just right. And Oh, what a good film. It's beautiful. Yeah, really, really enjoyable. Go back to that one if you, I don't know, if you like Marvel, Spider-Man, if you're a fun, if you're a fan of high school movies. Yeah, this is a- yeah, if you watch like not another teen movie and it's funny to you because you've seen all of the movies it's spoofing, you'll like this one. This is a classic. I really yeah. like this one. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing that one again. Yep. Number five, Mike, we've talked about this one a lot. And I don't know how many people share our opinion on it, but I really liked Triple Frontier. <laughs> I am very glad this is up there because this was another one that I, I wrote early. I am confused, like <laughs> deeply confused by any negative reviews of this film for a variety of reasons. Uh, two of them being one, it is a star studded cast directed by an extremely well regarded independent filmmaker. So that's that's reason one that I don't understand why like the critics didn't love it. Like that's weird to me that the critics didn't love it. And second, it's confusing to me that like the regular Joe just movie lovers didn't love it because it kicked ass every step of the way. I get that it wasn't a traditionally structured and, you know, executed action film, but that's why I liked it so much. But that was what made it so good. This movie was just thrilling. And just, I mean, not shocking because this is a cast full of excellent actors, but extremely well acted. A really nice showcase of what you can do with Oscar Isaac if you actually, uh, you know, do something with Oscar oh. Isaac. But at any rate, just a really good movie. Everything about it was excellent. And I fucking loved this movie. I <laughs> I watched this one in a hotel. It's like the perfect hotel movie. Yeah. And I... Like, figured I would watch most of it, and I might fall asleep towards the end because I started it kind of late. No. And it's especially surprising because I don't want to ruin it. But, like, this movie doesn't go the way you think it's going to. Well, part of the reason it's... uh, It's funny because what you're saying makes sense given traditional expectations of films. But the way this movie was sort of unconventionally structured, it made the last act of this movie really freeing. And I think... While you might expect it to have made it less exciting, I think paradoxically it made it more exciting. I I also think that, I don't know how they, I guess just bags and bags and bags of money, but like, I feel like they were 
somehow a little bit early on three of the four of these guys, like Ben Affleck is a known commodity, but like Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam and Pedro Pascal, like they got them all at just the right time. And that's like, what an awesome, like 2009, like those are the guys, right? That's an incredible, like, that's just an incredible cast. It's insane. And this was early in my, uh, my awakening into Charlie Hunnam and I'm fully there now. And yeah, Boy, am I happy to be immersed in this pool. And I will reiterate, difficult to look at. Like looking directly at the sun. <laughs> He's so handsome. Good lord. Yeah. I. Those guys are going to do a lot of good shit in their careers. They're just getting started. Yeah. So. Except for Affleck. And we, he's a pretty much, he's a known commodity at this point. But great in this movie. So. Yeah. And I'm pumped to see him. Uh, I, I think he can, I, I will be interested to see if he transitions as well into the like sort of beaten down roles as I think he might, I think gone girl was a really interesting transition point in his career where he played a guy like Ben Affleck who used to be Ben Affleck. Right. And that was so perfect. And I wonder if he can play like an even more beaten down and even older version. Cause if he can, cause he definitely has the chops but I think if he can, there's there's a lot more of him to come. Like this We're new movie find where out. he's a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Um, I I'll be interested to see how how much he does that. Like if that if that's just a feel good like oh he takes a couple runs and he's no longer an alcoholic, that will give me a little pause. But if this is a movie that genuinely confronts some stuff that he's really dealing with in real life, um, I think we can look forward to a lot more Ben Affleck. I'm optimistic this movie does nothing to tamper my expectations. Yeah. So what uh, what is the Oscar you gave this one? I gave it best original screenplay because I liked the writing choices. Like, the, yeah, it's not like the most eloquently worded movie of all time. But yeah. I, what we were saying about the some of the choices they made in writing it yeah. made it a very unique and interesting movie to me. It's also, I think, uh, a little bit like Knives Out. It's always tough to make a genre film that subverts expectations and exists on its own. Um, and this movie did it, which I think is a testament to the good writing. Even if it's yes. not like, you know, I don't think that doth like it still, t- it still takes good writing to make this type of film work. Yeah. So, and I forgot to say best visual effects goes to Spider-Man for the Mysterio sequence. Yes. All right. Number four, this is, shocking to me i cannot believe i enjoyed this movie as much as i did i was not dragged to this movie but went with very low expectations and left so absolutely tickled i went and saw this movie with dylan and tatum and allegis the movie is downton abbey Ugh, ugh. what an excellent film one of the first ones i wrote on my list when we were talking about this i think i said this at the i may have said this on a pod i don't know my biggest thing, my biggest takeaway from this film is when I left, I didn't think, I didn't question its existence. I didn't leave and think, ugh, why did that exist? What an endorsement of a movie like this. Seriously. Yeah, because it, cause it really, f- f- making a case for its own existence was its biggest issue. Well, I, I haven't watched any of the show, so that's I, that's probably the biggest endorsement I can give it. I don't know anything about this fucking movie. Like, I don't know any of the characters. I didn't do any, like, what you need to know before Downton Abbey. None of that. I went, like, right after work. I was like, fuck it. I'll just... I'm a smart guy. Maybe I'll be able to follow along. I'll eat some candy. I'll have some popcorn. It'll be fine. We'll have a couple laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Come out to the coast. Have a yeah. few laughs. 
I not only was able to follow along, but was very much uh, sold on these characters in the 90 minutes I spent with them and had a real emotional connection to them, Um, which is shocking. In a movie, a not that long movie, I can be brought entirely up to speed on a universe that's existed for years now without me. Pretty spectacular stuff from Downton Abbey. Yeah, Julian Fellows is interesting because I think... I think a common thread of writer slash director types who can do a good genre film, especially in today's world that's so genre conscious, are those that have the empathy to care about their characters and sort of the humility to take the genre seriously. And he's a person who does that. Downton Abbey is a soap opera at its core, but he he exudes genuine empathy for his characters and he's humble enough not to try to make it too serious, but he's also humble enough to take it seriously. And I think that that's, that's the kind of craftsman who can do something in this space really well. Um, and since you did like this, I have you seen Gosford park? No, I've not. That's a Julian fellows. I think he direct, he uh, actually I think maybe Robert Altman directed that. I'm not sure who directed it, but he wrote it. Uh, it was a film from the early 2000s that I think won, I definitely won a couple Oscars. Um, it's it's just like a country house murder mystery that he wrote, and it's excellent. Clive Owen is in it, Ryan Phillippe, Dame Maggie Smith, Michael Gambone. <gasps> Maggie um, Smith. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really wonderful, um, it's a really wonderful cast. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to go back and watch Downton Abbey or anything like that, but for 90 minutes, I was... Utterly delighted watching this movie. I'm grateful yeah. for my, that experience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this one best production design for obvious reasons. It was just very well put together. I love it. Yeah, I would say go back to this one if you like Downton Abbey. I don't know if I would... <laughs> I don't know if... <laughs> like, I was in the right yeah. place to enjoy You were this. with the right people. It was, yeah. it was a lot of stuff came I don't together. think I would go back to this if you... Like, don't just watch this if you don't watch Downton Abbey for giggles. Uh, yeah. But... I liked it a lot. Now it's time for honorables. Like I said, I picked three that were technically nominated for Oscars, but didn't really get any discussion. Yeah. The first one, uh, this is, what a fucking movie. Knives Out was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Pathetic. What a, what an absolutely gutless and pathetic uh, set of decisions by the Academy on this one. On a night when the Academy kind of showed itself to at least be afraid of at least afraid enough of backlash to do some of the right things i just it was a reminder that they totally screwed the pooch on this one because this movie was it was probably my like third or fourth favorite movie of the year my second yeah it was fantastic i thought Anna de armas deserved serious oscar consideration because that movie just doesn't work without her i yeah i don't know i thought that this was a movie that should have won best original screenplay contended for best actress uh and potentially contended for uh best supporting actor or best actor for daniel craig i agree i think those are all fair i think that it's screenplay nomination was well earned and if you ask me i what what ended up winning uh jojo rabbit well that was adapted i think which i didn't realize until oh i think it might have been parasite in which case i'm kind of fine with that um okay Though to be fair, I'm not I'm not a fluent Korean speaker, so I don't. I, it just wasn't the way I connected with that film. So it was it was Parasite, which I'm gonna have a hard time getting mad about. But 
I sure knives out was there's no way to know where really this freaking smart. I I there's nothing better than a, a well written mystery, and yeah. this is perfect. And it actually commented on serious current affairs. <laughs> yes. In a way that was actually smarter than it seems. Like, I thought that a lot of the stuff that happened was just sharply observed and actually meaningful. Like, I didn't oh. just think, I didn't just think that this was tossing grenades. Like, I thought it was really well done. I thought all of this stuff with uh, the Ana de Armas' character's friend was, it. that wasn't just, like, mean bullshit that a script was spewing. Like, easy content. I thought it was really thoughtful. It, it really wasn't. This is a, a good movie to watch multiple times, um, yeah. which I think is always indicative of a good script. So Uruguay, Paraguay, Brazil. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so there's a really there's a really cool bit like that where when someone's retelling, you're like, oh, she's part of the family. And they show her like conversing with the people in the room. And then when you go back later, you realize they're basically ambushing her. Yeah. And they remember it different ways. It's this movie is like almost flawless. And yeah, it is. I think. I think that everybody should see this movie. Nobody should not see this movie. Our case is not a donut hole, but actually a smaller donut with its own hole. Did you hear that they're doing a sequel? Yes. Although I heard it is going to be an entirely different cast. Yes. I think think that's a good decision. I'm, I'm concerned, excited. I'm a lot of things, but I'm glad that they're going in a totally different uh, story direction. I can't wait. Yeah. Next up, this is a movie we talked about earlier this year on another podcast. The film is Ad Astra. It what was, was nominated, that nominated for? It was nominated for sound mixing. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think this movie, I think Brad Pitt should have probably been nominated for Best Actor. Yep. I think that you could make a case for screenplay. I think it should get nominated for a lot of the technical awards too, especially yes. cinematography. And also like it should be said like kind of award bait catnip. Like I'm surprised that they didn't leap all over this. Yeah. I wonder if it, I, I have a feeling that it's a couple things. One, I think it's a little bit of genre exhaustion of the prestigious kind of brooding melancholic sci-fi film and also gravity Pit. Yeah. Brad Pitt yeah. sort of like, uh splitting the splitting the trade there but yeah i agree it is a little surprising that it didn't catch on more than it did i probably would have gone cinematography on this one because i thought that the callbacks to classic sci-fi uh like 2001 were well done not not ham-handed or ham-fisted and i thought that uh for a movie that was dealing with as little like spatially like you didn't have a you don't have these lush palettes to deal with you're dealing with indoors or space which space is space i mean there's not a ton you can do with that that hasn't already been done and the movie was really beautiful and and well shot i thought i completely agree i love this movie i don't know if i'll watch it again it's not yeah. really that kind of movie but it really as if i needed to be sold on brad pitt anymore yeah. um so go back to that one if you like the sci-fi genre at all or brad pitt or he's, brad pitt. he's excellent he really is yeah. excellent as always your heart rate will go above uh 120 yeah so the last one here this might have been my favorite movie of this year it was nominated for cinematography and nothing else which i i'm appalled by the movie is the lighthouse mm. 
Um, the lighthouse is the tale of two lighthouse keepers, Willem Dafoe, a veteran lighthouse keeper and a newbie in Edward Pattinson. And the two of them go out to this lighthouse and they're there for what's supposed to be like a month. And they end up being there for some time longer than that. And it's just, a, it's like reading. It's like, it's like a Poe short story. It's like a Poe story. Um, on film and it deserved its nomination for cinematography because they did some really interesting things um and the actual filming technique is unique but it's all black and white it's square format it's very kind of indie um but my sister and i saw this and we were just both shocked by how much we liked it uh it's very eerie it's not scary it's kind of fucked up i wouldn't recommend this is not a date movie and it's not a fun movie um but it's one that I've continued to think about a lot since I've seen it. And I think that it's ridiculous that neither Pattinson or Defoe were nominated because their performances are otherworldly. So it's not for everybody, but if you can appreciate like a kind of a tight, scary kind of not horror, but it's Poe. If you like Poe, see this movie. It's, it's insane. It'll stick with you for some time. So, and then obviously there's a lot of other movies that got nominated for Oscars, but those were talked about a lot yesterday and have yeah. been so i don't think we need to go through them but nope agreed so uh now i'll get to my top three these are some fucking good movies and i'm actually shocked that these weren't nominated for oscars yeah there's one that i know is gonna be on this list um because i think it, it i hearing your reaction to it was it's very strong and it was clear it was one of your favorite films one that i have not seen still and i'm and, and pissed at myself for not having seen because i i remember your praise yeah so I don't think that's the one I'm about to talk about. The one no. I'm about to talk about is called The Farewell. Did you see this, Mike? No. No, but I heard this was a fantastic film. Holy ass. This movie. So, for those of you who don't know, it's about this uh, this Chinese woman who is elderly and is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Yeah. And her family decides not to tell her. But in order to give everyone an excuse to go to China and visit her before she passes, they fake one of their cousin's weddings. Mm -hmm. So it's this big fake wedding so that they can all go to China and have an excuse to see their grandma without letting her know that something is up. That's pretty much it. As you can imagine, a movie like that has a lot of emotions being bantied about. Um, it's, it, I don't know what more to say other than that. Like you just need to see it. It's Aquafina is the actress you might recognize in it. She's incredible, but the actress who plays Dai Nai, who is the grandmother, um, let me find her name here real quick. Her name is Chuzen Zhao. She is a revelation, and I think actually should have been nominated for Best Actress. And I don't know what constitutes a foreign film. I guess this this couldn't have been a foreign film, because if it was, it would have been nominated for Best Foreign Film. Yeah. It's incredible. Um so it must have just been produced here, I guess. I'm kind of shocked that this wasn't nominated for any Oscars because everything I heard about this was that it was stellar and it sounded like the kind of film that the that the Oscars would love. I'm very confused by it. Like this, yeah. this checks all the boxes for an Oscar. It's it's timely. It's heartbreakingly sad. It's like extremely funny. It's I, I highly recommend it. Again, it's not like a. It, it is a fun movie. It's fun and sad at the same time. I just, I mean, it, 
don't expect um, it to be like a laugh a minute romp because yeah, it is what it is. But really good. I recommend this to pretty much anybody. Number two, and I think this is a better movie than the top one, but I think I enjoyed the top one a little more. Number two is a movie called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah, that's the one I was mentioning. I also did not see this one, but your you you came to me immediately and were like, this is an incredible movie. I don't know what made me see it. I just wanted to, you know, was looking for something and loved it. It should have been nominated for Best Picture. It's yeah. it's silly that it wasn't. It's these these two actors who I did not know. One of them is loosely based off of his life Mm -hmm. um, or an aspect of his life. So the basic premise is there's um, this house, this beautiful house in San Francisco that um, this guy, our our narrator, used to live in, uh, a black man. And he and his dad and his mom used to live there and they no longer live there. And now uh, a white couple lives there and they're not taking as good of care of the house as he would like and he's mm-hmm. showing up and trying to keep keep up the house and everything and then eventually they they have to sell the house and while it's being sold it's just sitting there and he tries to establish squatters rights in there which sounds funny but it's not a funny movie yeah. there are some there are some charming aspects that are a little not haha funny but you know like they play for irony and they're amusing um but this is a very serious movie about gentrification and place and how place relates to family and vice versa and how neighborhoods like this a lot of places in our country are changing it has like something to do with urban planning and all that kind of stuff there's a lot going on in this movie but it's fueled by two incredible performances i think probably either of them could have been nominated for best uh supporting actor besides our narrator he's got a friend who's helping him do all this stuff and he's probably the the breakout star of the movie um very heartwarming uh it left me thinking pretty hard after i saw it for a while after i saw it because this came out early in the year and i thought about it a lot it's pretty serious like i said but it's 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 really really good i'm actually very surprised it wasn't nominated for best picture that is very surprising i i think one thing that's really interesting is films films are really important because they can they can trick you into thinking about something you weren't expecting to think about and I find that in my daily life it's more convenient not to think about my role in the gentrification of my own city because for me it's really easy to reduce the issue of where I live to like I want to live a place it is a place where things are available I will pay the market rent. I like the place and am a nice neighbor. And while all of those things can be true, there's a much bigger kind of role that I play in this. And I think a film that can bring you in with good storytelling can trick you into thinking about something like that in the context of a really well done story. And I just, I think it's important. I think it's important to be confronted by this stuff and it's important to be open and vulnerable to thinking about it. And I, it's so clear that that's you as a viewer. And I think you with this movie past stuff have just done such a cool job of seeing films that you might not have otherwise seen and opening yourself up to them. And I was really, I thought it was really gratifying to hear how much this, this film impacted you. Yeah. Well, especially me because well, well, a, like you just said, I am a white person living in a neighborhood that historically has not been that way. And, a lot, that's a very very 
popular issue in Chicago and a lot of places. And also it has a lot to do with my work where, um, where and how people develop things is like something that I think about every day. So this movie definitely hit close to home in a lot of ways. And even if you don't have any other connection to it, other than you want to see a good movie. Yeah. I defy you to watch this movie and not take something from it. Yeah. So, yep. Highly recommend. This is a movie that you, you should see like it, like you kind of have a a little bit of an obligation to see it. I think it's important. This is an important movie. We all participate in a particular system, regardless of what our role is or how active or inactive we are in that role. We all participate in it, and it's important we understand it as much as possible. Because to what you were saying about being uh, an engineer, where your work sort of introduces you to the planning aspects of things, this is a sort of issue that isn't just a moral issue. It's a planning issue and it's a like a logistical issue. And it's not just a logistical issue. It's a moral issue. And the more informed you are about it, the more thoughtful you can be as like a, a participant in that system. Absolutely. And to what you were saying earlier, like this is this is one of the reasons why movies exist. Like this is yeah. a topic that I maybe someone doesn't think about unless it's through a movie that they saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reading reading the, the New Yorker ver- article of this is probably not going to capture your imagination the same way it is going to be to invest in these characters and then say, oh, I care about these characters. This is a thing that matters to them within the context of the story. Maybe now I'll go read the New Yorker article about it, or at least the tweet about the New Yorker article for the Knives Out listeners. Amazing. Yeah. So I highly recommend, yep. you know, don't don't uh, don't make it like a date night or a family movie necessarily, or depending on what your family likes to watch, maybe, but something you should go back and watch for sure. Last one, this movie was a harrowing viewing experience, but one of the best experiences I had this year, uh, and another true shock that it was nominated for no Oscars. I'm talking, of course, about Uncut Gems, which I know you saw. Yeah, I don't understand how it was nominated (laughs) for no Oscars. So I want to give my Oscar for this one because I assume I I have a feeling I know what Oscar you're going to give this one. I'm giving the Oscar to uh, Best Supporting Actress for whatever uh, the main character's girlfriend's name was. I have no idea what her name was. So I think I think when you think about it, acting, it's important to think about what, how well does the person portray the, the words that are written down on the page is kind of the most important thing. And then just in, in more absolute terms, like how, how good of a performance do I think this was? And I think in absolute terms, this person gave an excellent performance. But I think in terms of portraying the character that this person was supposed to portray, I don't think she could have possibly done a better job. I found myself loving this woman, hating this woman, sympathizing with this woman. Like, I just I took such a journey with her. And I thought that it was remarkable that at no point in this movie, even as she was making out with The weekend or whatever, you know, unbelievable snorting coke with The weekend, Like, I never felt anything but like genuine affection for this character i thought she was remarkable but this movie just in general was a thrill ride it's intense like oh if nothing else is probably the word uh it should have been nominated for cinematography if nothing else just because of the way it's shot is designed to just make you feel extremely uncomfortable and claustrophobic success it it makes you feel like you're Um, a character who has I would imagine I don't feel comfortable diagnosing the character from my couch, but I I think that it's possible this character had ADD, like a person who just is extremely 
anxious and mobile and it's hard to do that as a filmmaker in ways that aren't cheesy and don't take you out of the moment and it never did it added very much to my sense of what this movie was trying to get across and i agree with you i think that actress did an incredible job and the movie doesn't work really without her doing that not even close because you don't understand who would like this guy I think it's really important that you watch this and you're like, why would somebody like him and how would they like him and in what context? And I think you you see a character who is given the best things about this person because other characters are deprived of those best things about him. Right. I had already given away best actress and best supporting, so I yeah. gave best actor to Sandler. Yeah, here I mean, because, he was incredible, incredible in this film. Because the movie also doesn't work unless he's as despicable and also as sympathetic as he is. Yep, it's, it's, both. it's like... It's interesting, We, you and I have talked about at various points on this podcast sort of the the potential pitfalls of overly sympathizing with the, like, kind of shitty white guy. Like, there are problems with that. But if you're going to do it, you've got to do it in a way that really plays to both the despicable, slimy, kind of shitty white guy, but also the thing that makes the shitty white guy still stay in people's minds. Because we do all spend a lot of time thinking about them. And he really captures all of those aspects. He is incredible. Uh, I'm excited. I am now excited to see if there's going to be more of this in Adam Sandler's career. So Yeah. yeah he's, he's an excellent actor. Excellent. He's an idiot, but he's also an excellent actor. And I do think Bill Simmons has made this point on his podcast before. And I think it's a really good point, which is no actor has had more fun in his career. Like he has made a career out of making movies with people he likes and making a bunch of money off of it. And it's kind of hard to look at that and criticize it. Like there's plenty of authors who do that. You know, the the Harlan Cobins of the world or Ellen Hildebrands. They're not. They're not losers they're not hacks they're people who have found a way to make a living that's you know fruitful for them but also enjoyable that doesn't make you a hack nope nope does not and just because you use a rock uh to give you good juju for game sevens doesn't make you a hack either and kevin garnett was fucking incredible he was legitimately excellent it's it's interesting i somebody but at the point that basketball players are the best actors, I don't have any idea why, but it, it is. I think it's true. LeBron James was excellent in uh, whatever that uh, stupid train wreck. train wreck. He was like hilarious in that movie when he wouldn't pay all the bills. It was awesome. Um, but Kevin Garnett was awesome in this movie. Awesome. Was so good. And he could have really sucked. Like that role was not like an awesome role. He just was great. I loved it. Uh, you know who else was great in this movie is Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield. Stanfield. He is stellar. Put him in everything I see. Oh, it's happening. It's yeah. happening now. Uh, his coming out party was last year and sorry to bother you. And I feel like I've seen him in like six things now, yeah. which again, totally yeah. fine. With. Put him in everything, please. The last thing I'll do here, I'll just list off every other movie I saw in 2019 that oh, wasn't nominated. Uh, there's like seven or eight here. I would say go back to none of these unless you have like a particular attachment to any of them. Noel was like a surprisingly fun Christmas movie. It was on Disney Plus with uh, Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick. It's just it's just a fish out of water movie. Like they live at the North Pole and now they don't. It's kind of like Elf Light. Twenty One Bridges. I'm really not sold on Chadwick Boseman as a New York cop. I don't know if yeah. I'd go back for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Zombieland. See it if you liked the first one because it's the same thing. Yep. 
Shazam, I could take or leave. It was fine. It was fun to have Mark Strong be a villain. That was cool. I love Mark Strong. Like he's great. Love, love, love him. He was great in 1917. He's wearing everything. He's just yeah, what the. He's the best. Um, I want him to be my friend. I wish. Uh, Angel has fallen. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, See that if you're like fallen. Kyle has fallen. See this one if you're shameful like me and are just gonna watch anything with Gerard Butler in it. Um, What what (laughs) did Gerard Butler say anything in that movie that was worth remembering? Mm, I wish. Did Uh, he say the president has fallen? They're coming after you, sir. I've got to throw you off the boot. The only thing I love is the American flag and American apple pies. And ass. <laughs> Nick uh, Nolte's in it. That's good. Oh, he has yeah. spoken. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Glass, which I can't believe came out this year because we saw I, it last yes, year at yes, movie so, weekend. So uh, that was one that immediately popped up on my list, but only after I like quadruple confirmed that that came out yeah. this year only see that one if you have already seen unbreakable and split and are just trying to complete that collection yeah it was not anywhere as good as either of those <laughs> two films which were amazing yeah and then uh stuber watch that one if you like camille najani because yeah, he's, he's pretty funny great. he really and is I, love- I still haven't seen that one but i do love him don't see it unless you're like on an airplane or something yeah but if you're on an airplane see it okay so. all right i'm gonna run through uh i've got five other ones oh yeah um two are sequels that are like really much better than i expected and are worth seeing if you've seen the other ones so john wick three parabellum Ooh. uh which was not nominated for anything right no what the hell okay uh was lego movie two nominated for anything i don't think so okay that was excellent lego movie really yeah did you see it no I should it, have. So it did a really great job, like Far From Home, of just calibrating what it was trying to do. Because the first one was very, uh, it was uh, very ambitious and succeeded very, very nicely. This movie was less ambitious, but it was really well done, extremely well written. I think that Lord and Miller wrote, but didn't direct this one, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, hilarious, really well done. Definitely, you know, a little less charming than the first one, but really good. Great rom-com. If you like rom-coms, always be my maybe. Hmm. Oh, uh, I remember the trailer for this. It was excellent. And another film that was, I thought, very honest about how relationships work, a bit like Good Boys. I actually would say it was a lot less dirty, but I thought like the basic formula of kind of raunch and then serious stuff, earnestness was was similar. Um, it was really good. I, I Was this a Netflix or... This was a Netflixer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like that one. Oh, yeah. Because it's, um, yeah. Okay. I it's Ali Wong and the dude yeah. from, uh, the dude from, uh, the interview. Yeah. I forget cool. his name. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, that's definitely one to see if you are, uh, if you're on a date night. And then okay. two horror movies about which I'm very serious. I think both should oh. be on this list. Um, Kyle, you can just block yours for a, a minute. Ugh. So Us and Midsummer, I think, should both mm. be on this list. So Us was the Jordan Peele film that followed after Get Out. I don't believe it was nominated for anything, which is crazy and really a good 
I think a really a good apt de- uh, demonstration of how fickle the Academy is that like yeah. get out is a darling, but us isn't. I don't totally understand what the distinction is between those two things, but gotta be best original screenplay for that one because it was so weird. Jordan Peele continues to just do stuff that's different. He just tries to do something different and he succeeds. The movie, I understand why people were less surprised by it than Get Out and so naturally were less, you know, receptive yeah, to its charms. That's tough. But it was a really strong premise that was really well executed that asked questions that really stuck with me. Um, basically, the gist of it is a family is on vacation and there's another family that looks exactly like them. And it ends up kind of relating to this whole underclass that... Uh, mimics people who live above ground and it's and it's about race and about class and how in america we basically just bury and hide those people who um we don't want to hear from and it's it's fucked it's really fucked but it's great and it's dark and really well done so that's best original screenplay for me and i think should be on this list and then the other one which i would nominate for cinematography is a truly horrifying film called midsummer which manages i think that the pitch for it as cinematography is is simple it's the scariest movie ever shot in fully in daylight the movie takes place basically entirely in daylight and it's terrifying completely terrifying and it follows very closely to the principle that uh, our friend martin vanger lays out in girl with the dragon tattoo about how people are too polite to know what's good for them and get the fuck out I hate that shit so much. Yes. Uh, and this Ugh. movie is incredible. I could also give Florence Pugh best actress because she is an absolute revelation in this movie. And it was just great. But um, I would give either of those awards to it. Those two should be on this list. I would I think I would rightly dump Terminator and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I would put I think I would I think I would put these ones sandwich them right after Booksmart uh, if I could be so bold. Good Boys 10, Booksmart 9, Us 8, Midsummer 7, and then on down the way you had the rest of them. That's my move. Mid- you have Midsummer above Us, though? Yeah. Ever okay. so slightly. I think it was executed better. Not as ambitious of an idea, but executed better. Okay. I'm happy with that. Yeah. In fact, th- th- those could probably move up even a little further, considering, but I think we've done what we can here. Yeah. So. I still like the Kyleness of this list. This is this while it is a, an annual event for both of us. This is a fun list to have constructed by you. Your tastes are so eclectic and you see everything. I really do like putting this list together. Yeah. Um, but we've gone over just like the actual Oscars. And so we must adjourn. Yes. Before we go, I shall recap your 2019 Topskers. They are in order from 10 to 1. Number 10, Good Boys and uh best supporting actor and number nine we have us which i believe michael nominated for best original screenplay yeah and i, I duplicated sorry doesn't matter yeah. number eight midsummer nominated for best cinematography number seven Booksmart nominated for best supporting actress and beanie feldstein number six spider-man far from home far from home best visual effects goes to mysterio number five triple frontier and best screenplay that really should get best ensemble cast. I wish why did, yeah. I don't know why that's not an Oscar. It's dumb. Um, number four, Downton Abbey. Shockingly, best yep. production design. Yeah. Number three, The Farewell. Very, very deservedly getting best actress 
for Nine Eye. Number two, nominated for Best Picture, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And number one, one of my favorite movies of the year, nominating Adam Sandler for Best Actor in Uncut Gems. Beautiful. I gotta say, a year of films that totally caught me by surprise, one of the best years in film that I remember. I don't remember having much more fun than this. And it's also cool because a lot of the Best Picture nominees for movies that I was just going to see anyways. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it was not a very snooty year at the Oscars. There weren't... No. No, it was just a really good year of movies. I I was blown away. Very, very happy and looking forward to hopefully an even better 2020. Until then, I will thank you, my co-host, Michael. I will thank... Kevin McLeod, who has put together our intro and not top three musics, as he always does. They are stanky. stank alicious. I will thank my sister for seeing a lot of these movies with me. <laughs> I don't know who else I would have seen The Lighthouse with. And I will thank her for putting our artwork together. It's just the best artwork that I can think of. It's excellent artwork. I would similarly thank my partner in crime, Caroline, uh, who is our social media coordinator. I'll get to her in a second. But I would probably more importantly, especially for this list, like to thank my movie pals, Jerry, everybody knows him, and my other 50-plus-year-old best friend, Nate. Uh, we saw a lot of these movies together, and they were wonderful in all regards um but thanks caroline for her great work on our social media uh our main platform is our instagram which is top 10 km that 10 is spelled out t-e-n if you have any thoughts you want to email us anything you want to tell us that you saw all these movies and they were terrible and you have 10 better ones whatever it is shoot us an email top 10 km at gmail.com 10 is also spelled out t-e-n and finally i'm guessing you're listening to this on some sort of podcast platform but if you want another one check us out on apple podcast stitcher spotify podbean pretty much wherever podcasts can be found so my friend that is what i would say i think that's all there is to say mike yeah well i uh i am keen to do this next week if you are as well we'll see i'll let you know how i'm feeling oh okay that's cool uh, it was nice to talk to you this time. Yeah, I mean, if this is where we end, it was a lot of fun. I it bet was. I'll be up for it. it was I bet I'll be run. up for it. We had a good run. I I would say I'm 70% there for next yeah. week. Okay. All right. Well, I hope it works out, uh, and I will talk to you soon. All right. See you, amigo. All right. Peace.